0: Welcome back to another Untitled Sundance Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved Eric Marchin.
1: Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo?
0: Open up thy TikTok and do thy dance. Hither Um, to uh, to, Snapchat. Yes, today we are reviewing Romeo and Juliet, directed by Uh, Kate
1: r hashtag
0: j yeah it's stylized as r hashtag j um they do just call it, it it is just romeo and juliet directed by carrie williams uh premiered at the sundance film festival um yeah uh eric this one was an interesting one uh we thought we felt like you know it it had a very intriguing premise i mean romeo and juliet we've seen uh you know a million times at this point whether you've read it in school or seen it performed or you saw the Bozlerman version with uh Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes in the 90s or however this is this to me feels like kind of what Bozlerman was doing in the 90s but for like a Gen Z you know 2020 generation of kids.
1: <laughs> That's exactly it. Like that you 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 summed it up perfectly. We don't even really have to Get into a plot synopsis or an act synopsis because you know it's it's so familiar and obviously Shakespeare Shakespeare. Um, and and I think the thing with this is that you know this is a screen life adaptation so we've seen a lot of modernization you mentioned the baz Luhrmann movie romeo and juliet with dicaprio and claire danes and there's also been like other stuff as well that's you know shakespeare adapted whether it be the taming of the shrew 10 things i hate about you or the gerard butler movie oh god oh um, uh, uh, no Coriolanus. Coriolanus. Yeah. Is good. yeah yeah with, with, yeah, yeah. no Harvey i'm just Bond. saying but that was yeah. a
0: modern adaptation of a shakespeare yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and or even um the the Ethan Hawk uh mclaughlin version of Hamlet so like there there there's tons of versions of it and and that's the thing I'm not against like I think doing a screen life gen Z version of this is fine and I think like the first 10 20 minutes of this movie I was kind of into it I was same, kind same. Of feeling like okay like it's it's very gimmicky it's pulling out all the stops in terms of you know the apps and like also kind of pandering a little bit to the art film crowd yeah, with, with like
0: letterbox criterion letter criteria, channel things like uh, that Canopy, Romeo's. Uh, yeah, yeah it like, uh, uh, just
1: a film bro yeah 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 and also a little bit of a creeper which i actually also kind of like because this The story of Romeo and Juliet has always been like, you know, this tale of two star-crossed lovers, a tragic story that, you know, ultimately brings two houses together. and, And this is the thing that has to do it. But Romeo himself, I've always thought he, he's been a bit of a player because at the beginning he's pining over Rosaline, and then you know he kind of forgets her right away, and then goes after Juliet, and she's a couple years uh, younger than he is, and they're both teens. So you know what love means to teenagers is heightened, is <laughs> heightened, and especially in a screen life social media context it's even more so because it's more public and i think that's where your biggest concern comes from in terms of adapting a version of this because romeo and juliet mostly keep their relationship on the down low um through the story and kind of hiding it so when you have the scene where romeo you know is is talking to tybalt to kind of you know basically say like can we stop fighting i i don't have any you know you're basically you know like now my brother we're family he doesn't get what he means by that but in this version you know having the whole story play out on social media through these apps you can't Nothing can be private, right? So like everything has to kind of be thought out in a different way. So I think that's probably one of the biggest sort of hurdles this movie had. And I don't think it really kind of gets past that. Because, again, part of what makes that story tragic is that they have to keep the relationship so quiet they can't and they, they sort of elves.
0: yeah they sort of try to do that here but when you're telling an entire story through social media it's kind of hard to do that exactly Um, and I, I'm with you like I, I think I was kind of totally on board for maybe Maybe even a bit longer than the, you know, 20, 30 minutes than you're saying. Because I, I really do feel like the, the story's told in the traditional, you know, five-act story. And like, um, love the title screens for those. Shout out to that. I love the style of the movie. And I, I like screen life adaptations. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get sick of them after we get more and more of them, which I feel like we will over the next, you know, five to ten years. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm always up for, you know, these interesting Shakespearean adaptations that tries to modernize them, but then blends the classic Shakespearean dialogue with, you know, modern tendencies and things like that. Like, I kind of dig that in the, in the, and it's just, Strange and kind of um, jarring at first, but you kind of get on board. And um, I liked how the movie balanced that every you know human to human interaction was the Shakespearean dialogue, but everything on the social media platforms through text and through comments and things like that was just you know twenty twenty you know teenager dialogue and stuff like that. So like I found the juxtaposition there to be really kind of enjoyable or entertaining because they'd be delivering this Shakespearean dialogue and it's not always great because I don't think these kids are super good at delivering uh Shakespearean dialogue. No, Some of but them I
1: kinda be- like that, that like it's it's they're still committed to yeah, performing to it, yeah. the Shakespearean dialect and and, yes, and like I, going for it. And you no know, no I mean like when you hear RJ Kyler as Ben Goglio, yeah. like it's yeah. it's it, 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 it it's 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 arch but I I appreciate that he's he's going I, for it I and- agree and even yeah. the breaks as well in between it when they sometimes swear or kind of go back to that's, English, it's kind of fun. That's, ex-
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, that's the stuff that I did really like or I kept getting distracted because, you know, it's screen life that when they're doing an Instagram live, there's all these comments in the bottom left corner. And I found my eye kind of going there to see like what these kids were like commenting on these videos. And I thought that was really, really entertaining. And I like the different use of the apps with Instagram and, and live and, and going into, you know, there's a little Twitter stuff here in there and uh, and just that kind of stuff but um I, I do agree with you that it does kind of wear thin after that first act or that second act um and then the last three acts feel like they're totally rushed um and yes 100%. And, that's, and that's where my biggest problem was i think for the first two acts i was sort of into it and i was like this is cool like i like that they modernized the story i like that they the way that they took these two houses and made it this you know um uh multicultural kind of story in, in, in California. Um, and, and I, I kind of liked how they took, you know, the bait, the gist of what Romeo and Juliet was and modernized it for the social media age. And I thought that was kind of cool. And like all the stylistic touches with the music and just how these kids use these apps just like they would today, but then mixed with this classical kind of feel, I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I, I I'm into this. Um, but yeah, after the first half hour, 40 minutes or so after those first two acts finish, it really tries to get through those last three acts very, very quickly. And it all feels super rushed to the point where um I don't know, it completely almost lost me. Like when you get to Tybalt's death, and I'm not well, scoring anything, it's, it's like death
1: is, not even, is it's not even on screen. And and I, I would say even before that, I, I'd say like where it kind of peters out is with Marcuccio, i think that that's where the story like that's where it starts to kind of get a little bit rougher but i even think before then when and, and again i'm not again yeah, that's what i
0: meant sorry Mercutio yeah
1: yeah yeah with Marcuccio's death and 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 that's probably my favorite character in this adaptation um but the, the the biggest i think one of the biggest problems as well is what you add or subtract to a story and again you know like it's it's a great piece of classic you know literature and 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 it's an amazing play but i understand that sometimes you have to add and subtract things but i think what they add to the story and what they change about the story ultimately is a negative and doesn't benefit from the film specifically adding the backstory to why the two houses are feuding um it uh, it doesn't really work and then ultimately the thing that i think why i'm going to give this a negative rating is the ending i think the Which ending spoil defeats, but like it's it yeah. the purpose of the entire yeah. play because the I agree. play tragedy and that's yeah. what makes it so effective and I then know. what I they, agree do with is you. they cop out they cop out completely literally i, they I cop agree with out. You. and it, and also, it doesn't make captain prince who's a cop
0: <laughs> yeah and it doesn't make any sense either no. when this is supposed to take place in in you know 2020 or whatever 2019 and um um just the way that it all plays out is so ridiculous and i mean suspension of disbelief sure i mean you're just adapting this classic play but yeah to change the ending like they did i was like sitting there and i was like oh they're really gonna do that huh I'm like all right um and then i was talking with nevis and she's like oh that's no that's like what always happens and i'm like what no what no no, and no i was like on. no i know but should we just got our signals crossed we were talking about the same thing but uh, different things because then i was like i was sitting there going am i going insane this isn't what happens in romeo and juliet and i'm like i've seen this like a hundred times i'm like and then because i just got in my own head and then i re- obviously it's not what happens in the og play but um i agree with you with the ending i agree with you on all of that i'm ultimately like kind of giving it a soft pass because like I, I did enjoy that, you know, the first two acts a decent amount. I do like the style of it all. I like the idea of it and how it's executed for the most part. Um, yeah, I do have some story issues it, and I do feel like that last three acts are super, super rushed. And I feel like, yes, I, I always love when a movie, when I click play and it's an hour and, you know, 30 minutes, but like sometimes you need like a, a Romeo and Juliet's not by any means like a short play, right? So when you like you said, you take out a lot of that stuff and you don't you're not able to sit on some of these moments or or you know, it it, it, it takes away from the story and even them falling in love and and how that all plays out just feels like you don't get enough time to really again, maybe it's a commentary on social media
1: and like well, how so just you- teenagers now and how teenagers yeah. kind of world and look at love and like how everything as you mentioned at the beginning of this it's heightened right like you know they they look at the world in this kind of very dramatic way and 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 you know to fall in love at that age or to be you know lusting after somebody in in that way you know like it it does feel like that's you know it's the world against you you know and and
0: almost loved if they were like in uh, like influencers as well cuz i one thing i noticed is that they each only had like you know 200 and some followers on instagram and things like that and so they were just like normal kids in this community with like a regular amount of followers but i think there could have been like an interesting commentary there on like social media influencers and stuff like that too of like you could have added some of that stuff in there to make it interesting if if they had you know tens of thousands of followers or something like that too, but I don't know. You, I, the movie doesn't right, and really. The
1: pressure to like, yeah, continue to k- gain and keep those followers. And like, why
0: yeah, are you putting everything on social media? Right. Like yeah. I get kids do that anyway. I mean, we're still guilty of it to an extent as, you know, 30 some year old men. Yeah. Um, all my, all but, my
1: uh, posts for untitled movie podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what a boring movie that would make. Um, <laughs> but, um I don't know. Yeah. I just think that it's, uh, I, I've, I was vibing with like half of the movie and then the the latter half just kind of completely lost me. But, um, I do like these screen life adaptations. I just think like some have been better than others. Obviously. Um, the first one I remember seeing in, in recent memory was Noah, which was the short film that played Tiff, which, uh, Nevis actually had in one of the exhibitions. She, um, Curated out of um, university, and um, which is quite good. <laughs> it is quite good, and that was one where it's not like a new concept. We've we've seen these kind of things, but as we got you know more and more online and more integrated into social media, we're seeing more of them. Searching is actually quite good, um, even with a ridiculous ending. Um, well, the I, unfriended
1: I, movies as unfriended well. Movies, uh, yeah. Host, which um, you know is on Shutter right now. Um, and, and speaking of unfriended, cause, uh, th- it's the same producer who we love so much, uh, Timur Bechtominov or, yeah, yeah. And, so and he, he of,
0: loves this shit,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm not a fan of him as a director, but him producing these, I don't, again, I don't mind. I, I think that like we could apply this to other genres and I think it really lends itself quite well, obviously to the horror genre, but like, I'm all for. This as a concept even though it is very gimmicky um i just think that like overall there are certain things that they could have maybe put a little bit more time and effort into and just kind of figured out a better way to do it because as soon as it gets to as you mentioned you know the 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 showdown between marcuccio and and tybalt it feels like it runs out of steam yeah it really does where it's just dive bombs and it kind of feels like they were just Again, as you mentioned, like just kind of rushing through it because it's like, oh, we 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 put all of our energy and time into this other it's developing part. their
0: love or whatever. That now yeah. we don't know how to kind of adapt the last half of the play, right? And, and, most- and that's
1: the other thing about that story is like the the critical aspect of, of 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 miscommunication and not getting the message to Romeo in time, right? And and that's kind of a little bit sort of murky as well in terms of how they handle that and and how it's kind of played out but in like, this that's, digital age how you can't get a hold of him yeah because like that's that, yeah. that's the thing because like even if if you can't you know call them you know you can send a text or email or something and and like you have to figure out like okay how is how are they going to miss that and it, that becomes a more complicated issue where back in you know in Shakespeare's day and age it was easier to do because it was like oh the messenger wasn't able to get there in time or this is something happened right where this is like and, okay how do we figure this out
0: and that's what the suspension of disbelief stuff in that last, last act even with the ending that we're talking about even if they went with the original you know romeo and juliet ending there's some stuff there where you're like okay i don't know how this could possibly play out but then you're also gotta go okay well this is a modern thing but they're all talking like in shakespearean dialogue so like for Anyways, like it's just there's some stuff in that last act that just doesn't work. And like, yeah, it just kind of dive bombs after those first two acts where it's just like speeds through everything and it needed a little bit more time to breathe or develop that last three acts. And um it ultimately for me ends up just being an interesting experiment of taking, you know, a classic play and, and truly, truly modernizing it. But um that being said, I I, I still kind of enjoyed a lot of it. So I'm going to give it a soft passing three out of five.
1: Oh, you're, you're just, you're just a fan of love. Um, I'm just going to give it a two. I think it, it two the two acts are the strongest.
0: The so one acts. star for each act that <laughs> yeah. you enjoyed. Yeah. Fair. Uh, that's totally fair, dude. And I I get that. I could have gone either way. I could have gone like a two and a half or a three. I ultimately was like, you know what? I, I kind of dug the creativity there so yeah and, and um, i'm
1: again i'm i'm not uh, like th- i think when we get to the capulet party which is now actually a funeral uh celebration i think that was where i was most on board i was like oh this is like visually interesting it's so well done and they're playing it in a way that works for a 2020 set contemporary you know modernization of it, of it all it's just when it gets to that third act and it's like we gotta wrap this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what happened. They're like, Shit, guys, we spent forty five minutes on the first two acts. We gotta get this done in an hour twenty. So or it's like they ran out of budget or something where they're like, uh, okay, uh, we kinda gotta just get get this over with. Yeah. It's disappointing. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, please check out all of our other Sundance reviews right here on uh, the Untitled Movie Reviews so you can go back and look at this channel. There's tons of reviews uh, from the festival and even movies that we covered before and even go back to things that we covered at TIFF that are playing at Sundance like uh, Violation and Night of the Kings. Um, please go subscribe to our other two shows. Uh, they are titled The Untitled Movie Podcast and uh, they are titled The Untitled Movie <laughs> Podcast. I don't think I've ever said that that way before. And Untitled Movie Conversations. uh, Please go drop us a review if you would be so kind on those three shows, as well as follow us on all of those social medias at Untitled underscore cast. As always, uh, my name is Matt Rorbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rorbeck.
1: And art thou Eric Marchin, uh, host of Rogers TV's Cinema Scene, which you can find more of thou video reviews on rogerstv.com slash Cinema Scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. A pox on both your houses.